Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 32494, the earliest show in the archive, 32494. My interview with Donald Trump from 110-2011. 110-2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash savagepremium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Michael Savage Radio Bonus Podcast. On today's bonus podcast, you'll hear another incredible radio broadcast from yesteryear. So enjoy this golden oldie from 2007 from the Michael Savage Radio Archives. I hope you enjoy it. August already, August. All people are on vacation and could care less about politics. The truly sick are running for office. The sickest of the bunch are so power hungry and so mad that years ahead of an election, they are running like lunatics trying to get us to be interested in them. And, and we the people could care less, incidentally. Here are some of the stories I put up on michaelsavage.com because to me, they're more interesting than uh, who said what to whom and how and why and this and that. And the, 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 the Democrats, every day they're trying to find up another, uh, another uh, impeachment, another investigation. You know, this is why Congress has such a low rating right now. It's the Democrats, stupid. They're going after Gonzalez. Now, you know what's interesting to me about that? I don't know what Gonzalez said or when or how or what or wish. The whole issue is absurd. When Clinton became president, he fired all 93 U.S. attorneys. All of them were fired. So six years into his term, or five and a half years, Bush gets rid of a few uh, lame duck lefties, and they make it into an impeachable offense that Albert Gonzalez lied. These self-righteous frauds, these Democrats, had nothing to say when the Democrat Attorney General Janet Sterno incinerated 78 men, women, and children in Waco, Texas. There was no investigation of Janet Reno. But Albert Gonzalez may have blinked the wrong way already. They want to impeach him. Of course, you don't care about that anyway. So what I have for you on my website is this. This is a video you should, you should look at. It says, Hero Priest Fired for Standing Up the Gang. The uh, left-wing vermin, the mentally defective pot smokers in the news business, uh, had, a, had a different headline. They said a Roman Catholic priest unleashed a torrent of expletives and racist abuse against skateboarders outside his cathedral. The guy was defending himself against a bunch of punks who circled him like hyenas. This guy should be given a reward, but they fired him instead. This is what we have in the news business today. Pacifists, perverts, potheads. And they pass themselves off as objective journalists. Not to me, it doesn't go by my eyes. So click on that one, and you're going to see, you got to watch the whole thing. These punks should be arrested, by the way, for what they did to this poor priest. Hero priest fired for standing up the gang. Click here. And then those of you who love illegal aliens so much, of course, I would like to ask you, why don't you adopt a few? If you love illegal aliens so much and you want immigration reform, why don't you take 10 or so into your house like in Dr. Shivago and put them in your bedrooms have a few uh, start bonfires in your living room. Maybe they can cook a goat in your toilet for you. 
But don't tell me to have my house broken into any further by these illegitimate gangs that are running this country into the ground. And don't give me the big lie that they contribute anything. They contribute jack to this country. They don't pay Social Security. They export any excess money back to their home country. Uh, The largest number, by the way, of illegal aliens, the largest number, rather, of prisoners are illegal aliens. And those are statistics given to us by the FBI. Here it is. Illegal alien contributions to the United States. It's from the first quarter of 2006. The INS FBI statistical report on undocumented immigrants, meaning illegal aliens. Did you know that 95% of warrants in Los Angeles are for illegal aliens? 83% of warrants for murder in Phoenix, Arizona are for illegal aliens. 86% of warrants for murder in Albuquerque, New Mexico are for illegal aliens. Uh, 75% on the, on the most wanted list in Los Angeles, New Mexico, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Albuquerque are for illegal aliens. Uh, 25% of all inmates in California detention centers are Mexican nationals here illegally. 40% of all inmates in, uh, you want me to go down the list? You go down the list. And why don't you put it on your, on your windows? Because you're giving your country away to a bunch of, uh, border crashers. 380,000 plus anchor babies were born in the United States in 2005 to illegal alien parents. Illegal alien parents. And you're paying for it, sucker. You're paying for it, sucker. Look at the statistics there. 14 out of 31 TV stations are, are in Los Angeles County are Spanish only. 15 out of 24 TV stations in Albuquerque, Spanish only. 17 radio stations in Los Angeles, Spanish only. 16 out of 28 TV stations, Phoenix, Spanish only. 21 radio stations in Los Angeles, Spanish only. 17 radio stations in Albuquerque, Spanish only. Not bilingual, mind you. Catering to illegal aliens primarily. I'll go down the list. 43% of all food stamps issued are to illegal aliens. 41% of all unemployment checks in the United States, illegal aliens. 58% of all welfare payments in the United States are issued to illegal aliens. Less than 2% of illegal aliens are picking crops, but 41% of these bums are on welfare. So don't tell me that we're mistreating them. They're a bunch of criminals, and we should throw them out of the country. Will it happen? No. They'll throw you out of the country before you throw them out of the country. And I put that up on michaelsavage.com. I want you to print it up. I want you to make flyers out of it. And I want you to make some liberal eat it at the next board meeting. Make them eat these words. Tell them the data comes from the INS or the FBI. Tell them to look with their own eyes. So that's it. Here's another one for you who love the Republicans so much. On the other side of the aisle, there is no other side of the aisle. The Republicans are the ones who try to break the borders and have us adopt more illegal aliens, okay? So don't tell me it's a Democrat problem. That was a George Bush problem. He tried to engineer so-called immigration reform. He's bought and sold by the same forces as the illegitimate Democrats, as far as I'm concerned on the immigration issue. Here's your, here's your friends, the Saudis. They just bought a major supplier to U.S. military. Comes to you on michaelsavage.com from the World Tribune. Saudi Arabia has acquired a Massachusetts firm that is a leading supplier to the U.S. military. The state-owned Saudi Basic Industries Corp. has purchased GE Plastics from General Electric for $11.6 billion, based in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Read on. Read on and puke from what your government is doing to you. More than half of all donors who gave to the John Edwards campaign have been lawyers. Lawyers give to John Edwards. Imams drop passengers from lawsuit over removal from flight. When the imams are thrown out of the country, I'll be a happy man. I wouldn't call them Islamic religious leaders. I'd call them Islamic con men. 
the Islamic conmen who were removed from a U.S. Airways flight in Minneapolis, who pressed the lawsuit against everybody in town because the vermin in the ACLU set him up to do it, should be thrown out of my country with the ACLU. I'll be right back. So we've kicked the football down the field. We've opened up today with uh, the, the actual statistics about illegal aliens and what they're doing to this country particularly you left-wing idiots who spew the nonsense about the contributions of illegal aliens to our society and how our economy would collapse without them, that's all rubbish. And I've given you the data. It's from the INS and the FBI. And you can uh, download it from michaelsavage.com. It's very uncomfortable for the left to hear reality, and they don't want to hear it. They want to live with this fantasy of a uh, rose-colored glass view of illegal aliens. The fact of the matter is, 95% of warrants in Los Angeles are for illegal aliens. 83% of warrants for murder in Phoenix, Arizona are for illegal aliens. Uh, go down the list and take a look for yourself as to what their contributions actually are in the overall scheme. In terms of dollars and cents, dollars and cents, the actual cost in 05 was $70 billion per year. Net, after subtracting taxes immigrants pay, uh, according to Professor Donald Huddle Rice University, there is a net loss to us of $70 billion a year as a result of uh, illegal immigration in the United States of America. We don't know what the impact is in 2006. Chicago, Scotty, you're up on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Buenas tardes, senor. Or should you prefer shalom? How are you doing? Uh, your humor is not working. What is it you'd like to say? This is what I want to say is that I'm a Mexican, and I think that, you know, it's a shame that you can't find anything in the world to be, you know, positive or be happy about it. Every day you just complain and whine and complain, and whine, but you don't do anything about it but whine and complain. Well, Scotty, let me ask you something. How do your fair, fair friends in Mexico treat illegal aliens from Guatemala? Hey, let me tell you something. No, let me tell you something, uh, senor. How do your friends in Mexico treat illegal aliens who try to break into their country? Do they give them food stamps, unemployment, welfare, and legal care, medical care? Is that how your friends treat them in Mexico, Scotty? Can I answer the question now, please? You don't have an answer to the question because you lost the chess match before you even began. The fact of the matter is Mexico treats their illegal aliens the way we should treat them. Okay, We are here and you can't do anything about it but complain, so keep complaining. What do you mean there's nothing we can do about it? You guys just tried to hijack the government, but you didn't win, did you? Ha, ha, ha. You no just try to hijack the U.S. government, but it didn't work, did it? The people rose up against you and the sellout phonies in the government. You didn't get your way, did you, Scotty? We are here. You can't do it. No, well, you're here now. Yes, you're here now, but not for long. You're not here forever. You're here for now. You're a guest in our house. But if you continue to break the law, you're not going to be here for long. Guess what? I'm here. Ah, take a walk. Do me a favor. Take a walk. Leave me alone. The fact of the matter is the American people can't stand the illegal aliens in this country. You have a bad attitude. You are anti-American. You wave the Mexican flag at sporting events and you want us to love you. You won't learn the English language. You want us to love you. You abuse our hospitals and run them into a third world level. You want us to love you. The schools have to bend over backwards to teach your children in a foreign language because you're not smart enough to teach them English. And you want us to love you. Forget about it. Seattle, Washington. Joe, go ahead. You're next up. Hey, I just, I just, I'm so curious. Why are you always bashing the left? Is there anything positive about the left? Hmm. Well, 
Uh, Excuse me. What, what, what are you? Did you smoke your medical marijuana before calling the show? You can't answer a question? You people stand for everything that's anti-family, anti-American, anti-flag, anti-military, anti-police, anti-church. What should I like about you? Well, I am a Republican. Uh, 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 uh. Michael, no. Can you talk or not? What are you, a product of the schools in Seattle, Washington? You can't even complete a sentence? Okay, dummy, have a nice day. There's an, you know, there's an American for you, an American educator. Why are you so against the left in America? <laughs> All right, let's move on. This is so stupid. See, they don't like when you, you divulge the reality of illegal aliens and what they've done to this country. They want you to live in the rose-colored world that uh, John Edwards and Hillary Clinton and, frankly, President Bush have put out about how wonderful they all are. And they all come here to work. That's why... 30% of all prisoners are illegal aliens. One out of three don't belong in this country. They snuck in and committed a felony. That's why they're in prison. And they can, they can scream racist all they want in the crowded nation, but it turns out they're the racist. They're the brown supremacists, not me. They're the ones who hate this country, and they're the ones who hate white people. Don't make any mistake about it. Don't sit here like a dummy waiting to be knocked over. They're the racist. They won't speak your language. They won't uh, learn your, your language. They will not respect your founding fathers they won't respect your own constitution they don't respect your borders language or culture well he means that the government that is compromised will do nothing about it but all across america police and sheriffs are doing something about it they're rounding them up they're imprisoning them and they're going to have a gigantic snowball effect eventually eventually we're going to dry up the benefits for the illegals and they just will stop coming here you know Brian, Cleveland, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I'm a socialist. I believe in socialism. And uh, well, Of course I, I, you do. You're a loser who can't make anything on, on his own, so you want it from me. What else is new? How much, do you know how much uh, money uh, Bill Gates has? I mean, he, he doesn't... Well, who'd he take it from, you? He doesn't need $55 billion. He's what do you mean he doesn't need it? Who'd he take it from, you? He didn't take it from, he, he didn't take it from anybody, but he's... How, how much taxes does he pay a year? How much in taxes do you think he pays a year? Oh, I have no idea. That, of course you have no idea because you're you're a dummy. How could you have an idea? He pays, and so do the people who make more than a million dollars a year, about 90% of all the federal income tax in this country. Did you know that? Without us, you'd wind up eating uh, uh, mites in the street. Do you know how much food corporate, corporations waste, like, like Procter & Gamble, when they make... Uh, food? You're telling, me they're, you're telling me there are skinny homeless people in America who are starving to death? Yeah, but you, have you ever taken a look at the people on welfare lately, the size of them? You can, you can take that. Food. They're fat as horses because they have too much to eat and not, not enough to do. But but knock out babies and collect welfare. What are you talking about? Let me repeat the hard data, my friend. The people who earn over a million dollars a year provide over ninety percent of all of the federal income tax in this country. The people who earn over a million dollars a year support men like you. Have a nice day. Three in a row now. Let's go for a ten-pin shot. Of course, they want socialism. Sure, you'd want socialism. You could sit at home and play dominoes like they do in Cuba in ripped undershirts with 1954 Buicks. That's what you get with socialism. See, I don't want to sit home and play dominoes. I could have retired years ago, but I won't retire because I believe in borders, language, and culture. I also believe in fair play. And I also believe in being paid for your work and not being taxed to death in order to support deadbeat bums and illegal aliens. And that's what makes me... That's, that's what makes me a popular talk show host because I, I actually represent the working man in America. By the way, 
Don't you see? They don't like when they hear reality. They're so used to having spoon-fed pablum from the politicians who are telling them they're all wonderful. They walk around with the smiles and they tell them that they're oppressed minorities or underprivileged whites and the rich corporations are stealing from them. And when they become a president or whatever they're going to become, they're going to balance the scales out. Yeah. And of course, they've got the useful idiots out there believing them. But when they hear the realities and they have to look nakedly at the statistics of A, who pays the taxes here and B, what the illegal aliens have done to our country, of course, they're going to get mad at me. I have told you before. Sometimes medicine tastes lousy. In fact, good medicine always tastes lousy. Old Doc Savage gives you the pill that you need in order to get straight. That pill tastes lousy. I don't sugarcoat my words. You want sugarcoating? Go to Hillary or Obama. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. You know, my dog is a, a welfare recipient when you think about it. What does he do? He sits around all day. I give him three square meals a day. He, uh, he At least he doesn't spill olive oil on the, on the floor of the dog store and pull a slip and fall and call some dog lawyer. Did you see that story? It's up on Michael Savage. We have it up on the website. You got to put that one up if it's not up there, Drew, and everyone else. A, uh, they won't disclose the, the picture of the woman, so you have to go see it for yourself. She says she slipped and fell in a supermarket in Florida. But surveillance cameras caught it. They rewound the tape. And this uh, this uh, tub of lard, a welfare recipient herself, was seen opening up a bottle of olive oil a few seconds before and spilling it on the floor. And they're going, oh, I slipped. Oh, rush me to the hospital. Call 911. You know how many of these poor EMT guys have to take these, these loads into the hospital with the shyster lawyer waiting outside? They should disbar the lawyer, throw him out of the country, seize his assets. Play the clip. A woman slipped and fell in a Florida supermarket with injuries severe enough to require fire rescue, but store surveillance reveals there might be more to this story than meets the eye. Cameras captured the woman's fall, but when the store owner rewound the tapes, he saw the same woman in that same aisle just minutes before. You can see her take a bottle of olive oil, twist off the cap, and pour it on the floor, and then hides it on the shelf. She then returns to that spot and falls. Woman has not been charged with a crime, nor has she tried to file a claim against the store. The store owner says, though, he's glad that he spent more than thirty thousand dollars on a state-of-the-art surveillance system. Yeah, but the woman, of course, like the Durham dirtbag, is not in jail. There are certain crimes and a certain uh, group of people in America who can commit crimes and not get punished. You see, crime and punishment apply to only certain people in America. Uh, and crime and punishment doesn't apply to other people in America. They are just not pursued. What do you want me to talk about here? You know, I've done this before. I do it, borders language and culture every day. I mean, I could do it till I'm blue in the face, and it is making a difference. But I like to save my, my uh, anger and my powder for the next time the government tries to sneak in another illegal alien amnesty. We'll go after them again, one after the other. Remember what you did with your millions of emails? You said, grant amnesty, we'll deport you from office. Do you remember? I, I said, keep it simple. No amnesty, we will deport you from office. Hundreds of thousands of you, if not more, sent those emails around the country, and we won. We won. The Benedict Arnolds were afraid of you because they know they have to come back to you, you know? So what would you like to talk about? Let's move past the uh, the illegal alien thing. We had a, I should do a set piece. I did a couple of great interviews today that you didn't hear. Uh, 
Well, now let's do the Koran flush case, because this one has me intrigued. There's a group called CAIR, a questionable Muslim front group, a pressure group, all up in arms over a Koran left in a toilet at Pace University. Now, I'm against putting Bibles in toilets, Korans in toilets. Uh, I'm against uh, putting crucifixes in urine and, and such. But you know, it's actually not illegal to do so, because to them, the book itself is the victim of the hate crime. Listen, listen to the clip 1 and 21 and 22. This person didn't do it to his own copy of the Quran. He stole uh, Qurans and uh, did it in an act of intimidation. If he had done this in his own home or, you know, on the public square as an act of uh, some perverse uh, free speech, uh, it, it, nobody would care. We get. Hold uh, on, hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Abraham Hooper says that we can now flush Qurans down our toilet. And nobody would care. Well, that's interesting. So you have it on record. Ibrahim Cooper of CAIR says that if you flush a Koran down your own toilet, nobody will care. So I don't understand what this case is all about. If he stole it, that's one thing. He should be charged with stealing a book from the library. Could you let's listen to the rest of this? It's got me uh, uh, interested. He was specifically targeting the Muslims on the campus. Oh, get out the violin. All of you are so vic You're such victims. Poor Muslims. Oh, uh, hearts and flowers. You're all so victimized. Because of the hostile atmosphere created by not only this act, but other. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. You are a hostile act. Everything you say is a hostile act. You think you're smart with your legal degree? And the ACLU guiding you to call it a hostile act, be the EEOC. You are committing a hostile act every time you attack America. And every time you act like you're a victim, Hooper, you are creating a hostile nation. Anyway, at least we learned today that nobody would care if you flush a, a Koran down your toilet. You got it on record from Ibrahim Hooper. W.O.R. in New York. Daniel, you're on the Savage Nation. Yes, Michael. Um, do you really think there's any merit to... Uh smoking a few joints and long-term schizophrenia. I think I heard it on your show. There's any merit to, to the relationship between joints, marijuana, and, and schizophrenia? Yeah. What do you mean, do I think? The, the, the evidence has been mounting for at least 20 years that schizophrenia can be triggered in sensitive individuals by marijuana. And uh, it's a biological fact that marijuana could mess with your head. Yeah, but not 20, 30 years later. That, I mean, I have to look it up, but, you know, maybe that's... Well, here, here's the study. And um, it says this. The study on psychosis showed that smoking marijuana raised the risk of schizophrenia by 40%. People are more likely to get those symptoms if they use marijuana. You hear? Now, some doctors will say that it may not be the marijuana, but the marijuana is unmasking something that's already there. You know, the chicken and the egg thing? What's the difference if it's already there and you have it suppressed and you're living a, a, a normal life and then you take a substance which unmasks an underlying a schizophrenia? Do you want to unmask that? No. So why, why then take a chance with a compound, a, excuse me, a, a drug like marijuana, which can unmask schizophrenia? Why would you want to smoke that? I smoked two joints for my whole life. It really gave me a high, but I said that's enough. Did you know that the latest study shows that one marijuana joint, smoking it, affects the lungs as much as smoking five cigarettes? In other words, we're talking about smoke per se. I have told the audience on this show, because I know more than anybody in, in the talk radio business about science, that marijuana is an extremely toxic drug. The smoke from marijuana, I pointed out at least three, four, five years ago, and over and over again, 
is more toxic than cigarette smoke. This is not arguing you should smoke cigarettes, but I will never, I will never stop laughing at these liberal losers who say that marijuana is natural and it's an herb and therefore it's okay. Well, for, by that token, tobacco is a natural and an herb. The American Indians loved it. In fact, you could say it's a Native American plant that's being exterminated illegally. Let's move on. That's savage. Yeah. Go ahead, smoke marijuana. Continue to think that you know what you're doing. You're cooler than everybody. You know, every movie now has marijuana smoking in it. Have you seen this? Every time a normal white couple goes home, they light up a joint. Have you seen this? Like the cool couples all smoke joints for recreational uh, use. <clears throat> They're selling marijuana usage, and uh, that's what you would expect from the, perver the perverts of Hollywood. What about the medical benefits of marijuana? There are none. There are no medical benefits of marijuana. The medical benefits from marijuana are from one particular compound in marijuana, not from smoking marijuana. It's from one of the compounds in the drug. So what you do is you extract that compound and you take it in a pill. You don't smoke it if you're sick because the smoke will make you sick in another way. It's also a very uh, depend a drug that creates dependence. So that's the story. So how come it was okay to put a crucifix in urine at Brooklyn, Brooklyn Museum by two wonderful pieces of garbage from Brooklyn, two uh, university, excuse me, two Brooklyn types. You know the type, the self-righteous types that walk around Brooklyn, the triangle shirtwaist fire types, the ones who walk around like they know everything and they're better than everybody. So they oversaw the Brooklyn Museum. Uh, another guy took a crucifix and uh, put it in a uh, in elephant dung. They call that art. Maybe the student who threw the Koran down the toilet was an idiot. And he desecrated it. However, it's not a crime to throw a book in a toilet. After all, it's only a book. It's a book, for God's sakes. It's ink on paper. Ink on paper. Now, I'm against throwing Korans down toilets. Don't get me wrong. I'm against throwing Bibles in toilets. I'm against putting uh, uh, crucifixes in urine and such. But I don't see the crime. The only crime this guy committed was stealing the book from the library. If, in fact, he stole it from the library. We don't know that. But these pressure groups, these Muslim pressure groups, you know, don't miss a beat. Right away, there they are, right? We're all intimidated, hostile environment, sue the university. That's a hate crime unto itself. How are they treated in their home country? By the way, how are Bibles treated in Saudi Arabia? How do the wonderful, nice Muslims of Saudi Arabia treat uh, Torahs and uh, Bibles? How do the wonderful Muslims of Afghanistan, called the Taliban, uh, treat Buddhist statues? You have any answers to that, all you leftists? And no answers, of course. None whatsoever. WOR New York, Rudy, any uh, answer on that question? Yeah, Dr. Savage, I just wanted to share with you my frustration. I was in Saudi Arabia three years back, and I, they took me through a security checkpoint there and basically took away my Bible, and in front of my eyes, that security officer threw that into trash. I was standing there like a helpless man. A day I would never... You're saying this is, a, this is a government policy in Saudi Arabia. Well, maybe you can call up CAIR, the Council of Arab-American Re Relations, and ask them if they can help you get your Bible back. Or maybe you can, they can sue the Saudi government on your behalf because it was a hostile airport environment. Such a hostile thing, and I just kept staring at that man. Couldn't say a word. Yeah. Because How about cutting people's heads off? I would say that's a hostile work environment, wouldn't you? Absolutely. This is... 1-800-449-8255.
michaelsavage.com. Great stories up there on michaelsavage.com. And, um, well, you're flooding onto the site. I love it. It's never going to be a big site. It's, it's a site. I think it's the pictures you like. But remember, I don't make the stories up. We just link. And we try to find stories that you're not going to find on Drudge or, on, or any of the other wonderful sites. And they are wonderful sites. They're excellent. We try to find other stories that they don't uh, either find or we get first. I'll be back. Savage. This is the story here. Uh, Saudis buy major supplier to U.S. military. Illegal aliens' contributions to the U.S. are uh, largely negative, according to the INS and the FBI. A hero priest stands up to a gang of skateboarders in Australia, and he's fired. More than half of all donors who have given to the John Edwards campaign have been lawyers. The so-called imams have dropped passengers from a lawsuit over removal from a flight. That's because Congress just made uh, it illegal to sue passengers. Those are some of the topics. 1-800-449-8255. Is American citizenship for sale? Read that article on michaelsavage.com. Oh, sure, it's for sale. Number of self-identified Democrats and Republicans are declining, according to the Rasmussen reports. That's because I've created the biggest independent movement in the United States of America since Teddy Roosevelt. Many of you used to identify as a Republican or as a Democrat, but you're fed up with supporting these uh, parties that are in it only for themselves to a large extent, and you're now identified as an independent, incidentally. Houston, Texas, Frank, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Yes, hello, Dr. Savage. Uh, I'd like to give you a brief background of myself. I have an undergraduate in accounting. I have a master's in accounting. I received 3.9 GPAs in both programs. I'm an accomplished accountant, and uh, I'm conservative. I'm very conservative on almost every, every single topic I agree with. But you use crack in the morning and heroin at night. No, no, sir. I do not use heroin at night, but I've been uh, smo- I've been using marijuana since I was fourteen, and I always had behavioral problems as a child. My parents never gave me any behavior or mood altering drugs, but I felt that when I started using marijuana, I was able to sit down and concentrate and truly get my studies together and get my head together. And- well, you look at how far you look how far you could have gone. Think about it. Think how far you could have gone had you not been a pothead. I mean, you're only, a ma- you're only an accountant with a master's degree. If you didn't use pot, you might have a Ph.D. and be something really important. Thanks for the call. 1-800-449-8255. Salt Lake City, Utah. Carrie, you're on the Savage Nation. Hi, sir. Uh, thanks for the education. Hey, this weekend I'm going to meet with my 15-year-old son who lives with his mom. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to talk about the birds and bees. I just wanted to know how do I start out and... and uh, how, old, how old is he? Fifteen. How old? One, one five. Fifteen. And you're going to tell him about sex? Yeah. How, how do you know he... Well, first of all, a kid 15 today, I can guarantee you, knows enough pretty much about it with the Internet and whatnot. And uh, why do you assume he needs this knowledge? Is he having any behavioral difficulties? No, no, he's not. He's a straight-A student. Um, you want to take old Doc Savage's advice? Don't talk to him about the birds and the bees. He doesn't need it. It'll make both of you uncomfortable, and they'll do well enough without you telling him anything. Right. It's not you know, I have no obligation to tell him this stuff. They'll figure it out on their own. It's pretty natural what goes on between boys and girls, and they'll learn it from uh, the Internet and from their friends. I don't know why. See, parents get very nervous about this, but uh, my advice is you don't have to discuss it. 
in many ways, what you're going to do is pass up, pass your hangups on to them. And most of the older people have bigger hangups than the kids do. Best thing, leave it alone. They'll figure it out on their own. They have normal impulses. They'll be uh, in that direction. And if they don't, you're not going to change them anyway. They're going to go whichever way they, they feel like it. You're not going to you're not going to change them through any threats of mor- morality, are you? No, I don't think so. So let, let's is he acting strange? No, sir. All right. So why do you assume you have? You mean as a father, you think it's your moral obligation to have this discussion with him? Y- yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, does he date? Gir- does he date girls yet? No. Is that what bothers you? No, no, he's not. He's only fifteen. He's not. He's not even into girls. Well, okay, maybe that's the problem. That's starting to like, you know, tug at you a little. Is that? Is there any of that fear in you? Absolutely not. No. And then I would leave it alone. I'm serious here. I would talk to one man to the other. I don't. Th- it, there's no motivation for this. You just you think you have an obligation, but I don't know where it's coming from. There's no. There's no rule book on this which says at 15 or 14 you have to talk to your son about sex. Leave it alone. If he has any questions, he could come to you on this. Do you have an open relationship with him? I think so. I mean, it could be better. My gosh, you know. Everything could be better. At at this age, he's got to buck buck horns with you. 15, 16, 17, get get ready for the young buck bucking horns with you. And uh, that's what he does. He, sharp, he, he, he sharpens his horns on you. You're the male in the way. You're the red light. He's got to knock you out of the box. Uh, and so, no, you don't have any obligation to talk sex with your son. You Leave it to Howard Stern and the other brilliant educators of our society. Larry Flint will help him. Donna Shalala can help him with sexual identity. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It's the summer. It's the uh, end of August. It's actually the beginning of August at the Hotel Savage. Welcome to the Savage Nation, your favorite radio talk show at this time of day, specifically now at the station where you are dialed. It's a a sleepy day in the middle of the summer. There's no fires, no earthquakes, no tornadoes, no atomic bombs. And there's things under the surface, which I'm talking about. But in my studio, my world, my dog, my... uh, And by the way, he's not a toy poodle. I knew there was something wrong with toy. At 11 pounds, he's a miniature. I like miniature better. Toy is like a fake dog. Anyway, he he went to lunch with me today. I went to a Chinese place that has a back garden, and he sat there with me, and I gave him some of the fish I ate. No bones, you know, like uh, sautéed fish. He liked it. He's relaxing now in the radio studio on the floor with his big ears laying there. You know, I, I wish I could take a picture of him as he's laying here because behind him are two paintings, oil paintings in the floor and books. We make a beautiful picture. And that's the summer. That's what, uh, that's what life is all about, is little moments. Sometimes I arrest my own thinking, and I try to see the, see the world as it really is as opposed to how I see it. <laughs> Meaning, you know, you have many ways to look at the world. You can look at the world through a political lens. You can look at the world through an artistic lens. You can look at the world through the haze of marijuana or LSD. You look at the world through a liberalism. You, you could look at the world through conservatism. You could look at the world through republicanism. And you're going you're gonna to wind up seeing a different world no matter how you look. I mean, depending upon what lens you put over your, over your eyes. As some days, I tr- particularly like now, the summer, once in a while I catch myself seeing the world 
in this kind of eternal eye, I see a, an oil painting like from uh, like Holland in the 1800s, you know, like a dog sleeping on a floor, period. Nothing more to it than that with a man working next to him at a desk, let's say. Nothing's changed in some ways and everything's changed in other ways. So having filled up two minutes of airtime, uh, I can now move on to the show. one 800 I read today that the Amtrak is offering free booze. Amtrak is trying to build up new business by offering $100 in free alcohol to customers on some overnight trains. Uh, on a trial basis for certain sleeper car trips. They're putting out some expensive car trips. I don't know, Grand Luke's trips on the California's effort between Chicago, Chicago and San Francisco. The Southwest Chief between Chicago and L.A. Or the Silver Meteor between Washington, D.C. and Miami or Orlando. And it's an Amtrak reward program. It's like a frequent flyer. You get $100 per person credit for alcohol. So listen, so some group called Mothers Against Drunk Driving questions whether $100 in free alcohol was too much. Now, here's a group that has nothing to say when people on marijuana kill cops or drive off the road or whatever. Illegal aliens have a drunk driving spree to beat the ban in the country. It's an epidemic of illegal aliens driving drunk. And this, this group, MADD, has never said one word against the illegal aliens. But this they chime in on. Now, what is their business if Amtrak's giving away booze on a train? You're not driving the train. What do they care if you're drinking on a train? This sounds like a lot of credit toward possible overindulging, said mad spokeswoman Misty Mouse. I swear to God, mad spokeswoman Misty Mouse. What is her business? Why would they turn to a person like this for an opinion on that? No one's driving the train, I said to myself. They get it. Wait, oh, wait, there's something at the bottom about the LIE. Hold it. In Long Island, New York, the commuter rail company considered ending alcohol service out of concern some passengers might disembark at their destination and drive home while they were drunk. This proposal was shelved after some patrons opposed the idea. Let me ask you something. You work in Manhattan. You're going home to a horrible house, a horrible marriage, children on Ritalin. You're not making enough money. You're not entitled to get drunk on a train. That's their business, too. The mad women, Misty Mouse, should tell you you should go home straight. Don't be stupid. Play the train sound. Yeah. Good morning. Right, turn it on. I'm not in the mood for this right now. I'm a space cadet today. My head is spacey. This August symbolizes that normal people are planning vacations. Psychiatrists go. Where do they go? Where, does all, where do all the shrinks go in, in August? They know they're supposed to go somewhere if they're truly important. Uh, and and, and, and uh, upper bourgeois, they have to be away for August. The patients have to complain that their shrink is out of town. This still goes on, by the way. Where do shrinks all go? Is there some place they all go that I don't know about? Because I don't want to be there. No doubt I would think one of the leading destinations for psychiatrists would be San Francisco. Because they feel they can come here and be wild and free. You ever see the tour? Oh, God. The saddest sight that I see as tourists, now that I'm just musing on this, is when you see a tourist family, let's say, from Europe, and the mother and the father generally look like this. The mother has like almost shaved a shaved head. She's moved over, let's say, to the other side of the gender uh, after age 40. She's already shifted gears. She's now D.C. She was A.C. all her life. Now she's D.C., but she's still married. The father looks like a beaten bureaucrat, and they have like two kids with them, a 14 and a 16, and they're schlepping around San Francisco with – the kids have slumped shoulders, and they and the parents are trying to like take them on a cable car. You can't take kids with you at fourteen to sixteen. 
This is one of the saddest things in the world is when you realize they're no longer children. Leave them home alone, for God's sakes. They'd be better off than you taking them on some last trip to try to you know milk childhood out of it. It's not going to work. Because all I want to do at night is run out while you're sleeping and have a good time. <laughs> I can guarantee you, oh, not my child. <laughs> no, your little child is going to be in the Disney pajamas there in the youth bed <laughs> in the hotel. She's dying to sit home with you <laughs> after you've gone to a bad, a bad meal on, in downtown. I think to myself as I see the poor tourists, it's a tough age for parents when the children hit fourth. Oh, the worst thing for fathers is when the daughter's 11, 12, because he knows he's got about a minute left of childhood. Then he knows one day he hears from friends. He's going to come home and he's going to think that this, you know, the little girl that he loved, she's going to turn around. It's going to be like the shining. He's going to wake up. and It's going to be like the shining for the next 20 years. That's all. She is going to so hate you because you're the, you're like the red light. Shut up, father. No, go to, you don't know anything. What do you know about my needs? You're not fulfilling me. That's coming soon. That's why a lot of guys uh, just check out. They, they die before the girl becomes 14. They get a coronary before she becomes, like from The Shining. The mother, anyway, if you, yeah, look, the symptoms are, are, the handwriting is on the wall. If your wife's already shaved most, most of her hair off and you're ready to the DC from the, you know what I mean? You may as well have a heart attack. There's nothing waiting for you. You got nothing to look forward to. Nothing. There's nothing waiting for you. It's all downhill. You're on a downhill run. There's absolutely nothing to look forward to in your life after that point. Well, unless you're like me, you have a talk radio career. Otherwise, you're finished. <laughs> what do I actually want to talk about? It's like that, that rare point in a show that the very few people will indulge in, where you're hanging on that high wire. There's no net below you. I got the stack of stories. I got the sound bites. I got interviews I did. But something is, is in the back of my mind waiting to emerge. Something wants to come out on the air that I'm, 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 I'm repressing. There's a repressed component of today that when it comes out will make a very, very good show. So let me think about it during the break. I'll be right back. <laughs> Only in America can an alleged murderer like O.J. Simpson suddenly be, be resurrected and start to appear in various places when he publishes a book. Because in America, the streets are paved with yolds, not with gold. And so he appears, O.J. Simpson does, on some internet television show. And he thinks that every caller is a moron. And so one of them calls him in clip 19 and has sets him up. Listen to this. Hi, good show, dude. Um, my, kid, my kid Chris was wondering, do you think it was a bigger feat to break 2,000 yards in one season or slice two necks in one night? I, I'm, so, I'm having a little trouble, Kevin, hearing you. Um, I... <laughs> so the caller asks O.J. Simpson, he'd like to know which was a greater feat, breaking 2,000 years in one season, yards in one season, or slicing two necks in one night. And O.J. says he's having a little trouble hearing Kevin. Let's hear the next one. Hey, how are you doing? Not good, Brett. Hey, O.J., I, you know, I had a question for you. You know, with everything that, that Michael Vick has been going through and being yeah. indicted, I was just wondering if you wanted to meet me on the Jersey Shore to do lots there we go. You know you're gonna get jokers, but that's the great thing. It's, well, it's like, uh, no, I don't mind. I mean, yeah. you know, people can say what if they if they if it's negative or what, as long as they're serious about the question mm -hmm. they're asking. Right. As long easy. as they're talking about you, you narcissistic man, you, you sociopath, you narcissist, you wife beater, you murderer, according to Ron, Ron Goldman. Sure, you don't mind. Any attention is good attention to to a person like you. Vice President Dick Cheney on Larry King Live. Now, why would Cheney keep going to Garlic Breath? I don't understand this. Garlic Breath hates him. Garlic Breath is on the other side of the aisle. 
And yet guys like Cheney don't understand where their support came from, how they're even in office. They never, ever appear on a conservative show, unless it's a setup with the golfer, you know, old buddy golfer there. Okay, I understand that. Why would he go on Garlic Breath show? I don't understand this. I'm not going to play any of that. I'll play clip 31. Let me play that. Does it bother you that the Iraqi parliament is taking August off? Well, uh, it's better well, than... men are over there. Yeah, it's better than taking women. two months off, which was their original plan. Uh, our Congress, of course, takes the month of August off to go back home, so uh, I, I don't think we can say that they shouldn't right. go home at all, but obviously... No, no, uh, what do you mean go home at all? That is their home. You mean go to Brooklyn and open up a rug shop? A, a rug store? What do you mean go home? We're trying to build a government and they're taking a month off. Maybe I should take the month of August off. What is this? Somebody... I'm going to turn that down, my two-way radio. So the Iraqi parliament is taking the month off as though there's still a country there. It's amazing. And who's paying their salary? You, you moron. But Congress takes the month off, too. Psychiatrists take the month off. I don't take the month off. I should. I should take the month off. You know, I bet if I took August off, I'd come back refreshed for September. The problem is I have nowhere I want to go. Moreover, if I took the month of August off and went somewhere... I would still want to comment on the news wherever I went. So what's the point of going anywhere? I just go to a local affiliate and say, I've had enough. I've got to talk about this or that. So there's no point. Austin, Texas. Tony, welcome. You're on the Savage Nation. Hi there, Michael. Uh, thanks for the wonderful fatherly advice about having little girls. I was laughing on the outside but crying on the inside. I have a three- and a six-year-old, and I'm dreading the 11 to 12. <laughs> Come on. You, you have the golden years ahead of you. you got five good years with one of them. And about eight more with the other. Then you then you write it off for twenty. They yeah. come back. Then they'll be your friend again after you're. you're it's the nothing left in you. I'm joking. No, but but at a certain age, thirteen, fourteen, forget they're just, they're just not going to like you. That's right. Yeah. They're going to come on with black fingernails, Marilyn Manson appearance. You're going to turn around thinking that you know it's like, and that's it. It's over. You're going to be the, the the bad guy, the cop, and it's a very trying thing for a father. Because he doesn't know how to handle that. He's very hard for him to handle somebody he loved, you know, who turns the, that way against them. And the boys are hard, too, but much easy, it's easier for a guy with a, with a son because there's certain things you can do with a son you can't do with a daughter, no matter what the feminists want to tell you. You know that. Well, you don't have a son. You know, a father thinks he's obliged to talk about sex with a, a son, let's say. He's not. There's no need for this. This is a Swedish idea. Look what it did for them. It's a collapsed society. The nation is gone. There's no Sweden. There's no, no Sweden there. Have you been there recently? There's no Sweden there. All because of their sexual obsession, which started the, in the 50s. So Ingmar Bergman is dead. He died the other day, the film, the film uh, director. What's the point? There's no need for this kind of angst to talk to your son about sex. They're still doing it in Sweden. I think in Sweden the son tells the father about sex. At age five, the kid comes home with new tricks that he learned from the pervert in the school. Nah, and don't even. There's certain things you don't have to do as a parent. You don't talk about sex with your children. Leave it to the gutter. Leave it to the Internet. That's the new gutter of our time. The Internet is the electronic gutter. Let them learn from the gutter. You know, I really think the Internet needs to be controlled. I know many of you are think, oh, how dare you? You're against the fairness doctrine, but you want the Internet controlled. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I want the Internet controlled. Well, first of all, it's already being controlled, moron. You think you have a free Internet? You're wrong. Go watch To Catch a Predator. It's illegal, for example, to use the Internet for a grown man 
to try to make a date with a person under a certain age, right? So already there are controls on the Internet. You can't use a false credit card to order goods without getting arrested. There are hundreds of crimes that you can commit on the Internet, if not thousands. So don't tell me there is no control over the Internet. There is control. And there's no constraint over publishing people's home addresses and publishing uh, go and get them on the Internet. The government has to crack down on these on these evil people. That's how I see it. New York, Jerry, what's your complaint? Go ahead, please. Hey, how you doing, Michael? This is kind of off topic. Uh, bicycling. I live on Staten Island. I'm trying to figure out a way that the city, in its great wisdom, could have bicyclists get access into the county of Kings, which is Brooklyn, obviously. And we've been pushing very hard, and there's kind of a rumor going on that there would be some kind of bicycle access on the Verrazano Bridge, which is really a, kind of an unbeatable feat to get across that bridge. It's, uh, so what, what, do you, what do you want me to do about a lot of people think that New York City is hospitable to biking or bicyclists, and it's not really true. You really look at the island. So you want bicycle access to Manhattan, and you're calling me on a national show? Yeah, I think you could really be an advocate. Well, you're just pulling my leg. You know how much what I think of bicycle buffoons. You know that. You're just pulling my leg. You want to get a reaction out of me. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.